Welcome back. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Jace. Uh, me and Jace first met at the Relapse Theater um, doing stand-up and improv. And man, that is probably the the one of the biggest things that I miss, man, uh, since we've gone into quarantine. Or even before that was the when Relapse closed. If you've never been to the Relapse Theater in Atlanta, um, you missed out. I, hopefully, it comes back. I don't know how. Maybe it was a miracle. I, I, I don't know. Th- I don't know nothing. I don't. I don't know anything. Right? Things change. Um, but if it ever comes back, man, you got to get out there. That place was. It was a bastion for the art of comedy. Right. They had improv, they had stand-up, they had shows. If you were funny, you could just go there and you could be free. If you, oh my, if in, for the people who went, who were regular visitors and frequently went, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I missed that place. So it was nice to talk to one of my friends from there. And this conversation, it was pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I think you guys are going to like this. This has been an interesting one. I, I ain't going to spoil anything for y'all. Let's get to it. Are you ready? But don't wait too long. Here's the thing about geese, right? If you're driving your car down the street one day, right, and you saw someone like just slapping the fuck out of a geese, like like a pimp on a hooker, man, I just get beating it. the fuck. Out. You're you're not gonna think to yourself, oh my god, he's beating up a goose. You're no. like that goose probably had it coming for years. No, for <laughs> sure, that's a really <laughs> that goose probably that's had it coming a great for years. point. I, you got to write that because that's a that's such a solid observation. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that in my life. Someone just have a geese freak out. <laughs> like at one point, you know, dude. In my undergrad, a... we used to have this um. We had this. We called it the Unity Pond, right? It was an HBCU, right, in Alabama. So obviously, it was overrun by geese. There was geese shit everywhere, and the geese. So it was right next to the front entrance, right. So you'd literally have to stop and wait for the goose geese to cut to cross the street. And I didn't know why that was. So apparently, like back in the day, um, it was just super common to go outside and go, I don't like that goose, and just shoot him. What? Yes. Like, it got to the point where they were almost... I did not expect a gun to get involved. That's so crazy. Oh, dude, you used to be able to just fuck up. No, geese. that I would freak out on the side of the road. I'd say, like, no, 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 no. No, we... I don't care what the goose did. <laughs> All right, yeah, maybe not shoot him. If you saw a guy... If I saw a guy... I'd probably roll the window down. Fuck him. You, you well, need help? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to also layer onto this. If I see a guy shooting a goose, I'm not stopping and berating him. That no. guy's got some mental issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also the goose probably had that coming for years. Oh, for well. sure. No, no, no. We can still agree with that. Yeah. But, like, the geese would cross the street, and I'm like, why don't you just hit him? And my friend was like, oh, you can't. It's against the law. So now you have, like, these generations of geese that just know they're not – you can't fuck with them, right? They're almost like giraffes in the zoo. Giraffes in the zoo wake up, and there's zero worries. They wake up and they go, oh my god, no lions, this is fantastic. Hi there, Mr. Wilderbeet. Like, <laughs> no. But imagine that, but there's a bunch of them that are just fucking arrogant, and that's what a goose is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. I feel like we're just piling onto this, like the, whoever is like geese versus penguin, you know, <laughs> and they're all goose team, we're, we're, we're crushing it. I don't think penguins are arrogant, I don't, I don't see it. They're kind of secluded. They yeah. Don't, they don't do their thing. They do their own thing. They Except walk for, funny. Yeah. 
You don't want to walk funny. That's not walking funny is not something in the air. I just couldn't imagine having like an emperor penguin as a pet, right? Because those things are like three feet tall and they get it pissed at pain. you. They start pecking at your fucking neck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, every time someone thinks about like wildlife as pets, I just think of how that's going to work in a brewery in five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you could have a penguin, they'd be like, bring your penguins. Because already you can bring all my, all sorts of pets at a brewery. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't. I don't. So, okay, some people who can bring, I bring my jaguar. Yes. With so idea. if you have a service animal, I get it, right? Oh. You're blind. You got a service dog. He sees for you. He leads you places. Makes sense. For sure. There are just some places I think that you, for instance, like when I go to the airport, and I see someone bring a dog on that isn't their service dog. Take a fucking train. I get a little upset too. Take a fucking train. Yeah. Or why do you need the dog with you? Right, and it's I mean, never it's never like a like a like a pocket sized dog. It's like oh, I needed my fucking uh, mastiff to come with me <laughs> to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, because I have stress. It's funny. It's like if you're moving somewhere, then maybe that's I don't know. I'd fly with my dog. I'd be so nervous with my. I'd get. I'd crate him, man. I just crate him and ship him. Doesn't take long, dude. So then on top of that, right? Mm. There have been like so. There was this one story of this lady who was on. I think it was like a United flight, and they um, she didn't credit. She brought the dog on the plane. And the stewardess was like, your dog's making too much noise. Put him in the overhead compartment, right? <laughs> Come on. Logic. That can't be real. It, this happened. <laughs> and they put the dog in the overhead compartment That's and shut the it. the worst idea. And it's uh, there's no airflow in there. And the dog died. No. Yeah, she sued them for a shitload of money. Dude. That's... Dude, just get a car, road trip. Because I've heard like some flights, um, if oh. the dog like poops on the plane, they got to land. No shit. Yeah. So... They got. I mean, could you imagine if that was your dog and you just saw it in slow motion? Like, well, okay, here's a question: You have to bring the dog on the plane, right? Mm-hmm. And you did everything you could to make sure the dog isn't going to shit. Yeah. You know that if they find out the dog shit, we're landing. All right. We're up there for thirty minutes. Your dog takes a shit. No one has noticed yet. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I blame the baby. Oh, because you bring a baby? No, there's always a baby on a plane. <laughs> Just blame the baby. The stewardess comes by. There's no way that works. Oh, it has to. What, is she going to do an investigation? <laughs> you know, so what you do, you just put it in like that little sick bag. And when they come like, what's that smell? Oh, the lady up front, I was taking it to the bathroom for her. Don't worry about it, right? <laughs> they got like an expert. It's like, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm undercover on this, this site as a I am a dog feces. poop connoisseur. That's how important this issue is. Oh, my God. This is, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That has to be a real job. Someone actually has to have that job. Fucking shit. Forensics labs for very petty (laughs) and minor airline (laughs) rule infractions. (laughs) Imagine having that job title. (laughs) I don't know. People who bring their guitars on airports and through their as their um, they don't check it and they bring it through the airport. It's like a big ass bass, right? Right. Are you slash? I get it. No, I don't get it. You don't? No. I mean, like you know, if you're like a you know, if you got like a gig in Cleveland. I mean, we're Mainly. working artists. You know how it is. If you get paid like $1,300 to go play your bass in Cleveland. You know what it is? I, I become an old man once I cross that TSA line, <laughs> yeah. right? I've just had some asshole go through my bags. <laughs> and like I have um, metal um, plates in my legs, so I always go off. Then I get the pat oh, down. Oh, shit. Right? And it's like it's the weirdest thing because they don't give me any eye contact. And I'm like, oh, my God, at least show that you care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get in there, and it's just like, I'm just annoyed at that point. Like, why the fuck did that happen? Now water's $15. I want to sell this 25 Why is this guy got a dog? Fuck you. Oh, you yeah, you turn real dad. <laughs> oh, that's like late 40s dad. Oh, my God. You know what? It's, it's it, it didn't dad. start happening until I shaved my head. You know what? Speaking of the TSA, the, like, 
when I get in line, I get really angry at other people for tiny things. <laughs> That's what I realized. I, when I show up, this is, I'm not even fucking around. <laughs> Just like, wait, get, wait, you know how petty this gets, man. Because <laughs> it's bad. I, uh, I, because I, I walk into the airport. Yeah. Anytime I got to fly, mm-hmm. I'm wearing track pants. Yeah. The shit, first yeah. off. Yeah. No belt. No belt. Comfortable. Yeah. Right. Got slide okay. off shoes. Slide slide off shoes. You see where I'm going with this? Oh yeah, you're professional. Yeah, you I, I, I show go. up the, like I'm dressed to go through TSA. Facts. Um, like imagine I have a wardrobe with the TSA in mind. Facts. So I've got you know it's form fitting, um, same thing. Don't put a jacket on. Put, I put the jacket in my bag. It's so nothing's there. Yeah. T shirt. Yeah. Track pants. Slip on. Out. Slip off. Nike shoes. It's yeah. awesome. Put the rest in. I've already got. My laptop out. I'm in line. I've got it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the picture perfect. Just follow me with a camera and yeah. then put it around the TSA line and be like, do this. Yeah. And then I'm just looking at everyone who doesn't do all those things oh. I did. I hate them. And it's tiny. It's just like, why you wore a belt? Come on, bro. <laughs> like, you know what's going to happen. He's irritated taking the belt off. I'm like, this has been happening since 2002. I don't know why we're so What I don't like is it's like, it'll always be like the lady with too much jewelry and she's got to pop off the earring, pop off the oh, necklace. God. And then she wants to negotiate with the fucking lotion. Like, well, it, it, it's not. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the tube is, is 16, but I've used 80 if you Dude, feel look, it. Like, that's the thing. Is like some like, people explain it like, well, I don't understand what under three ounces. Just don't bring liquids, yeah. man. I get it at this point. You got a water bottle? Empty that shit out <laughs> and fill it up after the line. You'll be good. But the, every time you're right, there's like, oh, no. Oh, okay, so I was that person once. <laughs> Wait, I'm realizing which, which now. Which person? Uh, I was the guy that was negotiating an item. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> and it's actually too similar. I was so judgy just three seconds ago. I realized I did this shit. <laughs> so I went to, uh, I used to live in Portland. So I got up there and got this big tub of like special burger sauce mm-hmm. from a restaurant that's only oh, there. Okay, I get it. And, uh, and I'm uh, I get it. trying to get to, and he's looking at it and he goes, I had two of them. Mm-hmm. They were like 15 bucks each. So I'm like, yeah, trying to bring them home. Yeah. And he's like, we can't do this as a liquid. And I was like, now hold up, because that's not a liquid. It's not. It's look. It's form fitting. It forms to the thing. Yeah. He's like, no. Our definition of liquid is that it can be emptied out of the container. You know, <laughs> if it can take up space. And and I was like, did we just get into like a discussion war? Yeah. In front of people and like like <laughs> arguing what a liquid is. And really, like at the end of the day, I should have been smart enough to be like, that's just not going to work. But I'm sitting there with a man who's having mm-hmm. to explain. No, the official TSA yeah. definition of liquid. Well, I'm like, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Dude. And I must have, everyone must have been like, dude, just fucking go. I don't even have a belt. <laughs> 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 My shoes are off. It's cold. What Come the on, dude. Why are we arguing about burger sauce? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of a special exception. Burger sauce. <laughs> dude, whenever. You, you would, yeah, you would take a pop. Anything right? I don't know. So, like, the I got popped. So, one time I was visiting my girlfriend in Florida, right? Yeah. And I was going to hit the gym there, so I brought pre-workout. So, and it wasn't a normal pre-workout bottle. It's small. It was like kind of like a protein size bottle, right? Mm-hmm. And the name of my pre- pre-workout was um, NO Explode. In Kansas, they thought it was C4. And they like pulled me to the oh, fucking shit. side. And like, who are you? What is this? I'm like, that's pre-workout. Guy tastes it. He's right. It's pre-workout. Let him through. <laughs> In Miami, they were convinced it was cocaine. <laughs> oh, they were yeah, just like, 100%, no. this got to be coke. And first off, this is halfway full. If I'm going to bring coke back. I'm bringing I, I all the coke back. I kind of feel like going up to Miami TSA and just being like, guys, you guys suck at this job, first off. Because look at Miami, all right? 
maybe just take a day off. Like, chill about, you know, you're not going to say, the, the one ounce of cocaine that you're yeah. going to deny to Miami yeah. is not is nothing. Dude, and there's always that one John McClane TSA agent, right? The yeah. guy who's going to save the day. He comes over, <laughs> sure, he's man. there to settle disputes. <laughs> he goes, I felt like the guy I was arguing with was that guy. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, it's burger sauce. Oh, more than likely. And, and like, it was sealed. That was the other thing I was pissed about. Mm. That was a whole other discussion with them. So, are you originally from Portland? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was born there. So, you born and raised there? Uh, yeah. There's, <laughs> you see that pause? Did that, did that indicate that I've got more to say about that? Yes. <laughs> what more do you have to say about it? <laughs> no. Um, uh, I was actually born in Vancouver, Washington. Okay. And that's a, it's a, weird because it's a city. I feel like it's the same city as Portland. But um, since there's a state line drawn between the two, it's Washington. So, um, so it's like right next door? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. right, right above a river. And like oh, the so river the river divides. separates you guys? Yeah, yeah. Those are weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those are weird. You know, I, I, but I feel like I have to describe that because if I say Vancouver, Washington, people imagine they're not familiar with Vancouver, like a super north city, you mm-hmm. know, like a, like Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, that's what I like thought. Like they just sort of, you know, lump them together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I clarify because it's, it's not, <laughs> we're not cool and Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, so what... So what's it like growing up in the Pacific Northwest, right? So I grew up just for I grew up in Kansas, right? Right. Flat as fuck. <laughs> I don't see you as somebody from Kansas. What do you think? What would you think? Because I've from? only like read Kansas through the lens of the Dust Bowl, so everybody <laughs> from there, I imagine, is like a straw hat and raggedy looking. Okay. And here's Brandon, which is like, hi guys. <laughs> so what's weird is so like so you have like Western Kansas. That's what everyone thinks of, right? It's all farmland, right? Well, on the east is Wichita, right? Yeah, so on the east you have Wichita, um, Emporia, Topeka, Kansas City. So that's where all the people live. Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm sick of this shit. They just moved out west near Colorado, right? So it's just flat. There's no topography. And you're just, like, you, like people, they're like, I think it's because there's nothing cool to look at. They're just like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> right? This is, this is. No, it is. I mean, like, I went to South Dakota and, mm-hmm. and like a road trip through South Dakota, if you can imagine such a thing. And it was the same thing. It was like, there's just nothing just rolling hills and nothing bro when you drive on the interstate from like basically from wichita all the way up to kansas city that's i imagine it's, it's just, just flat plains right it, uh, you can see for miles and one end it's cool because it's like wow this this land just never ends right but then you go like to so then when i went to undergrad i was i went to huntsville and it was like and then you said that's in alabama oh yes. yeah huntsville alabama, huntsville, yeah, alabama yeah. right so we were in like a valley so you look up and like oh those are mountains and it was like oh those are hills a like, bitch i'm from kansas that's a fucking mountain i, I know yeah. i've seen hills you know what? and then that that's true so i grew up in the cascades those yeah. things are massive yeah and they're big mountains i mean they're not as big as the rockies but you know a mountain's a mountain's a mountain yeah, a mountain, mountain. Well, well kind of <laughs> i'm about to hard disagree with you <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah because when i was uh, i moved here when i was like or moved to florida daytona beach mm. when i was uh uh 16 years old okay. so um i'm there and then that the following summer i go to this summer camp mm-hmm. and we're going up to the georgian mountains mm-hmm. uh and I, I had some complaints with their definition <laughs> of mountains because they're not they're i mean re, like when you get into the appalachian mountains i yeah. see it i'm like okay mm-hmm. all right i get it but that foothill shit Come on. <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> like, I grew up next to a fucking mountain, and you're like, this is a mountain. I'm like, dude, that's a hike. <laughs> like, they, they showed me something like Stone Mountain, and we're like, like, it was about that size, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, Ugh. And I'm like, oh, that's it? 
Yeah, that's, that's what you present to you, me as a mountain. If you can climb it like with no other gear, yeah, not a mountain. That's how I see it. Fair enough. You would be the expert in that. Well, I, de- I defer. <laughs> There's to some you. geologists. It's like, dude, don't no, listen to him. I, I defer to you in these situations. <laughs> I, I don't have enough expertise to say. <laughs> but it was a it was an awesome childhood, man. I loved it. Loved Oregon. Dude, there's probably a lot of outdoor shit to do. Oh, all the time. That's how I grew up. Dude, I, mean, I just imagine it's just like, it's just forest, just green, well, green, I got, green. I got so lucky where, um, for a good chunk of my childhood, we lived in like rural Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about all the, the types of rural to be from, mm-hmm. and like Oregon's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because you like I wasn't surrounded by ignorance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like rural in Florida is... Oh, yeah, like like stuff That's is a... ugly there, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, just brutal. Okay, but but in the in the Pacific Northwest, rural is like it's just you're on a, everyone's having the same trees and kumbaya, and it's cool. But I got to do that for until I was sixteen, and then I moved to uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. That which, had to be uh, a bit of a culture shock. It was rough. Still, that tons. fucking that dude, that humidity is no get. That's no joke. Well, the, the humidity and is the one thing, <laughs> but the the type of culture is completely different. Yeah, because like you said, people in Oregon, outdoorsy stuff isn't that even like. There's no word for that. You don't. Yeah, um, it's I, called Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you just. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. There was no. I, I guess I never used the term outdoor activities when I was a kid. There were activities. <laughs> yeah, and we just did them outside because it's beautiful there. I get it in the south. It's not a lot to look at in the south. Yeah. Unless you're on a beach or you're you're in, no, the Appalachian Mountains are beautiful. Mm. But like, you know, I mean I'm talking like rural flat Alabama. So yeah. What you, where are you gonna hike? Yeah, there's no hiking. You're <laughs> yeah. basically in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So what made you what, so what made you guys move from Oregon to Florida? Uh, it was my dad's job. There's just other opportunities. And our, um, in his side of the family, my mm-hmm. dad's side lives all on the East Coast. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it, was, it was a number of things. Yeah. Um, none of which mattered when you told that to a 16-year-old. Of course it's not. It's like, go fuck yourself. Were you, like, moving were you, to where to go fuck off? I'm not going to. Were you kind of excited? Most kids would be like, no, oh, Daytona no, Beach, spring break, Miami, you know. <laughs> it's funny because we had a couple Florida trips before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, guys yeah, go, you guys go to, okay, so Florida breaks down for me in two regions, right? Oh, oh, go so, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Orlando is the dividing point. No, Every, it's a little south for me. It, it's a little. It's got everything in my mind. Everything yeah. north of Orlando, uh, South Georgia. Nah, no, I disagree. Oh, really? Yeah. Where's yeah, your I line? I disagree. There's, th- I think there's three regions. Okay. So, so here's my new thesis. Okay. I've thought about this a lot, as you can tell. I don't know how you knew to bring that up. <laughs> like, really, I'm like, I'm an expert in this stupid thought. I defer to you. There is a saying in Florida, the, the more north you go, the more south you get. Facts. That's true, right? But I think that there's like there's central Florida culture, mm-hmm. and central Florida culture is like your um, like elite suburban people you know what i'm talking about yeah like a lot of them are like doctors and lawyers and yeah you're just happy to be that yeah and you're happy to live in a suburb like oh it's like goals of white picket fence stuff <laughs> there it fucking is yeah central florida i would say that is between go uh take you probably include jacksonville in that but um so jacksonville to orlando okay but there's that panhandle so that's region the second regional cover. yeah Panhandle region. I went to college in the Panhandle region, <laughs> Tallahassee, Florida. Come on, um, that is Southern Georgia, Southern Alabama, without a doubt. 
Like, and I went because I spent seven years in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not Florida. It just isn't. It's a whole different vibe. Yeah. But that's good and bad because I think that there's parts of Georgia and that sort of genteel South stuff, which is nice. But then there's also like, I was happy I was in an educated area because once you adventure outside, it's like the conversations got a little shorter and like a little more nauseating. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's how it is for like a lot of Southern hubs, right? Yeah. So like Huntsville is built on um, like rocket science, right? Mm-hmm. So the guy, uh, what was his name? Um, Warner von Braun. He okay. was he was um, he was one of the rocket science. He was a Nazi first, right? And he um, after World War Two, it was oh, this operation. Wait, no, I know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, after yeah. World War Two, there was this. The Soviets and Americans are just grabbing up as many rocket scientists as you could from Germany because they were the best. Yeah, this guy was a shithead and he was pardoned pretty much, right? Yeah. That's so, so he fucked. his his rocket factory in Germany. What they would do is they would. Kill the sl- they would kill the slowest Jew every single day. Fucking a. Yeah, we got him. And um, <laughs> first round draft pick. First round, <laughs> right? It was this, it was called Operation Paperclip. We got a bunch of Nazi scientists. Oh, I, I yes, this is fucking crazy. Yes, so Huntsville is um, aerospace and rocket science, right? Right. They, they even got like um, the aerospace center there. They got a fucking uh, I think it's like a one of the one of the Apollo rockets is in the military. Oh, so you, you got some smart people there. Yes. So everyone there is fucking super educated engineers, rocket scientists, that kind of shit, right? Right. Now between it's, it's just between the cities. So like once you leave Huntsville to go to Birmingham, in between, there's some questionable shit. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, and then you get to Birmingham, and it's like, oh, let's go back to Huntsville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, God, and that's not even that far north into the state. I've been into like north, north Alabama. Yeah, there are people I won't, I would never bring because I'd be worried. Yeah, because that northern Alabama is fucked. It's crazy. Yeah, so you definitely have like, so I drove when I came to when I moved to Atlanta. I took the same route I went for college, right? Yeah. So it come down through Wichita, through Oklahoma, through Arkansas, across the top of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. And <laughs> my cool thing, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, so Arkansas is gorgeous. Driving to Arkansas oh, is gorgeous. Yeah. Ozarks. Yes, I will. So I planned it to where I'd left in the middle of the night. That way, by the time I got to Arkansas, it was like dawn, and I got to see the sun coming up. I was like, oh my god, it's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> but like, my rule is I don't stop in Mississippi or Louisiana unless I absolutely have to. And then I don't stop in Alabama until I'm near like Huntsville or Birmingham. That's smart. Yes, it's a very smart. It's a very That's smart. It's a very yeah. smart. And if I do stop, it's a drive through. We're in and out. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I don't want to be driving through those states at night. Ugh. <laughs> and that, but that's but you, you I, do you do you agree with that idea though that like the the front of it all like the very like we're proper and nice and we're going to speak in this kind of drawl and be kind to everybody. Yeah. Like that, you're like, oh yeah, yes, that, yeah. all that. Could that? Could the south? If the south is just that, it's gonna be overpopulated in a couple years. Oh, here's the thing. But it's not just that. It's like this weird, shadowy bullshit of the south. Yeah. Where you're like, oh no. You what, know. what I think it is too is like so when you, that that description of the south is very accurate, right? So like ninety percent of the people you'll meet in the south are that person, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Now if they have yeah. a family reunion, they got the three cousins. <laughs> Here it is. You <laughs> now, found the 10%. Right? Now, if you got the family reunion, you got three people showing up who have some uh, marginal views. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Well, let's have it. And the weird part is they'll want to have a debate. Then you start winning. They're like, oh, you need to get out Oh, of but town. you're never going to win. You're, you're never going to no, win. No, no. Because, no. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like it's like we can sort of have this unspo- unspoken bond mind thing going on right now. But like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's the South. It's fucking weird. Yeah. 
But you're right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, no, I, I know if this conversation goes over what kind of alcohol I'm drinking with you, sir. It's yeah. going to get into a bad territory. Oh, yeah. So let's just stick. Oh, terrapin. Yeah. Clink. Mm-hmm, yeah. Is that a confetti? You know what? No, no. All right. There it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I feel like now, like, that's the argument they want to, like, that's the discussion they want to have, especially when, like, they're a black dude. I'm like, oh, this black guy's kind of cool. Let's th- let's speak. <laughs> Fuck. You want to speak for everybody now? Is that it gets, it gets weird? Well, I think it's you know what. It, to be honest, I think that's just I think that's just white people that are really curious and have no idea how. To, oh yeah, I get How it. to do it? I get it. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny in a way, but it's also oh, like, it's super hilarious. On. It's super you know? hilarious. I mean, how long do you, do you deal with that a lot? So in when Atlanta I was no? in. So from the third grade up until high school. Oh, no. We're good. Only landed on the phone. From the third grade up until high school, I was constantly moving between magnet schools, right? Mm-hmm. Because my mom wanted me to get a good education, so we had to wear uniforms. And in a lot of these schools, um, it was literally me and maybe, maybe five other black kids. Oh. Right? And, like, in middle school, we had what we called the black table, right? Because it's literally the only five black kids in the school. We'd meet at the table. We'd talk shit. We'd be loud. And, like, oh, my God, they're, they're not robbing us. This is pretty cool. <laughs> right? And then, you like, you see this thing? Like, I realized that, like, going through that, I'm like, yeah, I might be the only black guy a lot of these kids meet. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I guess I never – as you say that, I'm like, God, that seems like, a, like more pressure than I would want as a kid if, you, if that went through your mind. Oh, zero kid. pressure because I was funny. So it always... There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're not that philosophical. Here I'm sitting like, I wonder if this kid's having the same. No, you're probably just having a good time. Oh, yeah, I was having a great time. Yeah. They'd be like, can we touch your hair? Can I touch yours? Oh, my God, it's so soft and silky. How did this happen? Let's see, I like those interactions. Those are nice. What was weird was one time um, when I had hair, I had an afro, massive afro. Um, so then everyone in the neighborhood... Grew their hair. Was jealous. <laughs> no. So, no, so then everyone in the neighborhood grew their uh, their hair out really long. So then I went and got a mohawk. And then everyone in the neighborhood had a mohawk. And I'm like, oh man, I set the culture in this because <laughs> I grew up in um I grew up in a, in a predominantly white suburb too. So it was like me. It was like us and then like another black family, right? It, <laughs> that shit was. <laughs> it was it was it was funny. <laughs> it was funny, but it was real too. Like it was why I can make jokes about it, right? Right, right. Um, so then, um, when I went to undergrad, I went to an HBCU, so I'm just around all just black people, right? Which is right. weird, because I'd never been to school with, like, just black people. Like, we had one white guy there, right? And here's the thing. If you're, a white, <laughs> if you're a white guy at an HBCU, you got soul, and we fuck with you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he was, a super chill, he was a super chill guy. So then from there, I got to go to Atlanta a bunch, because um, growing up, I was a Falcons fan. So I was like, oh. I was because like, I didn't want to be a Chiefs fan. I didn't want to be a Cowboys fan. So I was like, man, the Falcons got cool uniforms. They got Michael Vick, right? They and Dion. Like, and they had Dion, bro. Dion. So I was like, yo, this is like a cool city. Then like at the time, that's where like all like the hip hop was coming out. So you had Little John, you had uh, the Yin Yang Twins, you had Big Boy, you had Outkast, right? And I'm like, this is sick. I'm gonna move there because I can't do this Kansas shit no well, more. Well, no one can, <laughs> right? Because the thing about Kansas is this. So like, when you're in high school, they do this thing where it's like. Work hard and believe you can achieve all your dreams, right? And then you turn 18 and they go, all right, so you're either going to join the Air Force or you're going to go work at the air, air of the craft plant. Where are you going to move to from here to be successful? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And it was one of those things where, um, cause especially since I was interested in doing film, and, at the, and by that time I had started doing stand-up, you know, you talk to people and they'd be like, oh, you make movies and do stand-up. So what's your real job? I'm like, I, I, I want this to be my real job. Right, right. Good Lord. 
which yeah. I still have a nine to five to. Oh, everyone does, right? But that, yeah, that's yeah. just part of the art, right? Like I think so, right? Like that's yeah. there's no way to avoid that part, right? Right. Because art is a no matter what your art is is incredibly subjective, right? Damn. And I say, listening to I us, though. Up, yeah, I know. Look at that. Mm. But yeah, so that's that's kind of part of the art is it's subjective, right? So not mm. everyone's gonna like it, and you have to cultivate and find and then go to that audience. Dude, which is which is hard. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is like the whole point. <laughs> Shit's difficult. Oh man, but I, I think it has to be, especially if you're doing comedy, right? Well, and you know what's nice, like even stuff like this, it's like. I love. I'm coming on here because you, you and I actually work together. Yeah. Because we are we recording even still. Oh, we've been recording. Oh, that's baby. good. Yeah, yeah. We've been going. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're real sneaky about him. Like he's really. Here's the, this I like what I like to do is yeah. um, um, I like to start it in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because like the feel I want to have is like you know when you go to like a barber shop on Saturday uh. and you just walk into the middle of some shit. It's like two guys in the back arguing, right? And like, <laughs> well, that's beautiful. It is, and you're just like, I don't know what they're talking about, See, but, but I want to listen. Because and actually, this is something that uh, you and I did a lot, yeah. which was the first thing of improv is like you don't you don't start a scene. Yeah, you're in the middle of something. Facts. Where where are like you, you, the the audience has to come in and be like. Okay, Jace is mad at Pritchett because of a TV remote. Like, we didn't see the lead up. We don't yeah. care. It's just me going, dude, the batteries, man. <laughs> I know you took them. I fucking know it. Do, do, I, have to, do I have to look under your bed? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, um, but you're right. I, that's a cool way to start this thing then. Yeah. Because it's funny the whole time, like, he did some cool kung fu stuff because I didn't even know. Bro, yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have warned you. I no, I don't care. About oh, no, but you're, I mean, come on, we're comedians, man. Dude, hilarious. If you're talking to like editors and they're gonna be like, edit that part out. I don't like it. <laughs> Get that the fuck out of here. Five minutes. We don't need it. You're, you're eating into ad space. We need the revenue. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's it's uh it was a weird it was an interesting way to grow up. Yeah. Um fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I guess in, in Oregon we we had like one black kid in our school. Yeah. And he was a long distance runner. And I you know. Yeah. Oregon's weird like that. It's everyone. Everyone's the same. Yeah. Interest and in culture and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, the South is the South has multiple different cultures. There's multiple little pockets of things. But, yeah. You know, I'm, one, I'm and I'm guessing it's the same in Kansas. It sounds like y'all kind of goofed off. So like, um, during the Jim Crow era in the South, right? There was like this group of people. There was like this large exodus of black people from the South. Cause like, yeah, fuck this Chicago. They'll just call me a they'll just call me a nigga in Chicago. You got to worry <laughs> about them hanging me or no shit like that, right? So I'll just move into that neighborhood. So you see, like, um, so my family is originally from, my dad's side of the family is originally from Louisiana. And then uh, they moved uh, to Kansas because you get better jobs, you can get better housing right. and all that kind of stuff. So you saw that mass exodus to, like, New York and in Harlem you and know, Chicago. It's, it's funny because Connor and I do this, this podcast where we talk about artists and we just talked about Langston Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing. Harlem Renaissance, they, they all go up north. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of a beautiful time in, like, the 1920s where just art explodes. Yeah. It's like where, like, you know, uh, jazz musicians just mm-hmm. blew up. Um, I think another part of that too is you're moving from like these rural areas where everyone is a farmhand or everyone wants to be a farmer. Everyone's kind of uniform in their right, decisions. Then right. you move to a city and you're like, I like painting. I like painting too. Really? You want to? That's funny. You want to talk a, about painting together later? That's a great fucking point. Because yeah, I mean, I, there's there's probably no art that really went from the south 
into the north during that migration. Yeah. It all kind of just went to the north, and everyone's like, oh, cool. Well, yeah, because at that point, yeah. there was kind of, they, they basically had capped, like, what they liked, mm-hmm. and you either fit the description or you didn't. And then we just never heard it from you. So then you're like, well, fuck that. I'm going to go to Chicago. We're going to play jazz and smoke smoke weed cigarettes. It's going to be fantastic. Dude, man. God, that sounds... That's bad. But, you're, but your family is sort of a product of that? So. Yeah. So my um, they moved from Louisiana to Kansas. Hmm. And that's where they just they stayed. My grandma had like a bunch of kids, like nine kids. Right? And the majority of my family, they stay in... Um, they stay pretty close to each other, right? And a couple times, we actually went to where my grandfather's from, this place called Dale High, Louisiana. This is the first time I... This is like in the 90s, right? Yeah. First time I had Waffle House, fucking fantastic. Oh. Right? Waffle House right next to the... Like, right next to the to the hotel. And I'm like, they need these in Kansas. So we don't have any. <laughs> and it was also the first time I'd ever seen a drive through liquor store. And it, the concept just didn't make sense to me. So we pull That's... up, and I'm like, Dad, McNuggets. And he's like, no, they ain't got anything for you in here. <laughs> The first drive-thru you're disappointed with yeah. is one that you'd love as a, an adult. Dude, but, like, it was weird because I'd never seen, like, when I tell you this place is rural, yeah. like, the nearest hospital was maybe three towns over. They didn't fuck. have a Walmart. They didn't have anything. There was, like, trailers everywhere. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it was, it was because I was, like, maybe five or six. But even then, I'm just like, this is fucking different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 like, that's really, like, the only place that those kind of trailer things exist is in the South. It's weird. <laughs> Oh, bro! Then a hurricane comes and it blows your shit. Yeah, away. I know. That's why they're always uh, apparently like um, um, what was the one? It was like a Cat Three in 2012 up in in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it was. It was like Sally. Was or it um? I don't know why I want to say Sandy Hook because that definitely wasn't. Was, I know, I know. I was it Hurricane Sandy? I think it was Hurricane Sandy. It had to be Hurricane Sandy. Oh, that's such a coincidence. Anyhow, I think it was <laughs> Illuminati. Like, like a like Katrina was a Cat Five. Right, tore through Louisiana, uh, southern Alabama, southern Mississippi, devastated millions of homes, tons of lives lost, um, and then Hurricane Sandy comes in, Category Three, yeah, in like New Jersey, no one dies, or at least think I don't think no one dies, but um, oh, so she let a probably I imagine checking. there were some deaths. That was the funny thing though, it's sort of like the most costly one is Hurricane Sandy, and you're like, hold on, like what? <laughs> and then you think about it, you're like. Kind of good point. If they make, if they ruin one house in New Jersey, oh my god, it's like millions of dollars. Facts. But like the thirty thousand dollar hut that got like ruined on Southern Alabama, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah, dude. It's a, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's an interesting way of living because it's very simple. It's very homey. It's kind of like that. But then, like I said, you go to the cookout. And it's like, oh, there's cousin, cousin skinhead. And he does weird. <laughs> shit. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any. I don't actually have any like, um, like family ties to the South. Yeah, it's all well, Virginia. Yeah. I guess that's it. That's the weird South because they get a winter. They get a real winter. <laughs> <laughs> like when it comes to the South, like when I think of the South, I yeah. think of like the deep style. So I'm thinking like, like I said, Georgia, Alabama, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah. But you're like, I'm from South Carolina. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I see them worse than like, well, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Like Carolinas. They're pretty sick. Yeah, they're pretty sick. They're yeah. pretty sick. I like them. Is no, but we... I know no no family on the East Coast. All like a bunch of them on the West Coast. Totally mm-hmm. different attitudes. We don't have the same sort of like get togethers as people do in the South. I think what it is too is kind of how the country evolved, right? So the West just all of a sudden the Louisiana Purchase and just this push out west became this just free land, right? I think that they're like like the like if if America has a mutation, they're like the second one. Because that first wave from Europe is like, fuck this place. We're going to go to a new place. Facts. Right? Facts. And they're like, we're going to build this new place. Yeah. Ha ha. 
And then, you know, about 100 years later, a bunch of people on the on that same new place now were like, fuck this place. Yeah. I'm going to go to that place. Yeah. And I'm going to go find gold in California. I'm going to find gold, drink whiskey, and fuck women. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. But there are totally, there are like a different mindset. Mm-hmm. There is a different mindset from people who are from yeah. that area. Especially like, yeah, you talk to somebody from Montana. Mm-hmm. Do they do not think the same way someone on the East Coast does? Dude, no. Not really different. But like, I feel like, especially on like that West Coast from like California all the way up to Washington, it's just yeah. it's like, yeah, we live out here. These are the trees, and it's pretty cool. Everyone's just super chill, yeah, super laid back, no big deal. You know, the, and I guess the way I would exp- this is the biggest culture difference for me growing up as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved to the South, I got I got. Um, to Daytona Beach and still a lot of my co-students and I'm sure you come off as a very smart guy we're probably in like that smart group in high school you, <laughs> talk, you were I can tell I know it you were a thinker you were a thinker and, and yeah which kind of fucking sucks sometimes <laughs> when you're like oh, I shouldn't do oh that guy did it and look all the chicks like him yeah um, anyhow you, some more? yeah yeah actually. yeah go ahead brother no I keep like touching my glass Dude, go ahead oh and is that is that ready Ooh, the hypnotic is if ready if it's ready then let's do it so this is kind of like adult Kool-Aid. That's so dangerous. It is. If you ever got a girl coming over the house, another reason that <laughs> it became popular is because girls loved it, right? Because it's basically like a wine. You want more? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Catch, catch me. I, there, I, I, ain't, I ain't trying to get you, to get you crazy yeah. now. Oh, well, I'm already crazy. I start crazy. Fact. I just get crazier. But another reason that the it became popular is because like girls, they come in there, they, they, they want this, right? Because yeah, it's, it's, it's got liquor in there, but it's, it's mixed in the way girls like, so it's kind of sweet. And they're like, we gotta find a way to sell this to fucking guys. You know, guys. the thing is, yeah, it does look. Oh, cheers, man. Oh, cheers. Man. Um, the, the thing is, it just does look like a. It looks like something you wouldn't waste, so it seems special. <laughs> and I think like women kind of like that. Oh yeah. Mm. It's true though. Except I'd be like, really? You just it's a blowing. It's just blue. <laughs> it's like the bottle's blue. What else? But women like options. That's true. That's the difference between men. Yeah. That's the biggest difference between men and women, right? Men. You can give men, men are task-based, right? So if you give them a task, yeah. they're not really going to ask questions. They're going to go, how do we fix this? Women are going to go, that's my task. Let me call my friend. Let me. She's going to call her friend. We're going to have a communion about this. And then we're going to talk. And then we're going to talk about the options, right? And then they're going to bring up shit she didn't even think about, right? So it becomes a whole other thing. Which is why, and I mean this so so truthfully, whenever I'm like upset about a situation I know the solution to, mm-hmm. I call a woman. Oh, you have to. Because then they'll 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 commiserate with me. They'll be like, I know that sucks. Yeah. When really it's like I'm just being kind of a you know, wimp <laughs> and I'm not just enjoying the solution. Yeah. Like enforcing it and just getting out of there. But no. Yeah. It's been plenty of times where I'm like, I like this chick and da 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 when really I should just be like, do a date or not? <laughs> anyway, I you know, there's I'm saying there's a use to that kind oh, of Oh yeah, there's definitely use to that. That men sometimes miss. So you were a thinker in high school. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird place to be. It is. It's weird. Sometimes you, you you're thinking about shit that people just haven't fathomed yet, right? I think or yeah, haven't well, even, or haven't. <laughs> but then you get older and you're like, what a weird thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you thought it at the time. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like you you. My thing is like I think. Um, I mean, yeah, this guy has to relate back to the culture shift that we deviated from, but. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, part of the, part of that thinking is is just sort of questioning where you are and knowing that the present isn't just the present. You that's know? a scary thought. It is. When did you, have, when you first had that thought? It was like 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 when I was like fifteen. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, just just being like, oh, kind of none of this matters, but then kind of drifting from nihilism. Anyway, the whole the whole thing I was trying to get. At, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because I enjoyed that little off shooting, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So on the West Coast, 
when we were thinking about colleges mm-hmm. or a- aspiration to go to college, you know, that smart group, like they're always thinking about which university yeah. they're going to do. A lot of it was state schools. I mean, like, our smartest people were like, yeah, University of Oregon or Oregon State. You know, I've been thinking, you know, kind of yeah. tossing up the two. Or somebody would be pretty ambitious and try to get to UW. Get yeah. Get UW. UW, University of Washington. Yeah. It's a highly rated school, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's still a state school. Yeah. Um, the only private that people would, would talk about is Stanford, which makes sense. Yeah. You know, in Oregon, that might be, that's maybe the big, big yeah. university. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, so the point is that, you know, the, the, the bar was, you know, state schools are good enough for my education. Mm-hmm. You get over into the East Coast, a lot of my friends are talking Harvard, Yale, mm-hmm. Dartmouth, Columbia, um, all these crazy schools that they really want to get into. And mm-hmm. secretly in my mind, even as a 16-year-old, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I think nobody in my high school made it to any of them. That's what you said with the word? All right, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, do your thing, man. <laughs> But the the weird like ambition difference between like I need to go to this fine university and mm-hmm. become a doctor or a lawyer or yada yada or who's what mm-hmm. um, doesn't really exist in the same way mm-hmm. on the on the West Coast. It's just a lot of I need to go to college, uh, but you know these universities are good and they'll do. Mm-hmm. So they, there's really no looking outside of the state. It's like. I was born in Washington. I'm gonna live in Washington forever. So my kids are gonna really kind of no, do. No, no. I mean, because you, you, there's. I think that the only like aspiration you might have in Oregon, Washington, in terms of a place to move to, mm-hmm. would be Los Angeles. I mean, we have that. Really, that's the big one. You know, mm. um, I, I think it's that one's a little more nationwide. New York and LA are, but on the West Coast specifically, like LA is New York mm, in our minds. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because I would. I saw that as like the big city in the U.S. You ever been to LA? Yeah, a few times. What do you think about it? Eh, us Oregonians there have a little have a tough time with it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love it. Here's the thing: I would love to move to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just imagine the two different people from the states did. together in a I room did. and just go like, "Oh shit, no!" <laughs> Hello, like, LA. Love. Oregon's been invited. Did you have to? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, for real? <laughs> the fuck? Damn. First off, I hate the Lakers. I hate them. I hate them. I don't hate a lot of things, Brandon, but I hate this team. What is why? Because I'm a Portland Trailblazer fan. Okay, it's fair a enough. Team you've like never think about. Yeah, that is a factual statement. I always go, oh yeah, Portland has a team. I, mean, I don't know if you follow NBA or not, but like time to time. Yeah, but like that's a like the Lakers massive, Celtics massive, but yeah. like uh, I think that's one thing I know I can spot an Oregonian if I just hear like. Bullshit Lakers cut <laughs> fuck. And you're like <laughs> No one hates them that much. No one. No one cares. <laughs> it's the best. We got little brothers. Oh here. my god. Like a motherfucker. Yeah. So when did you when did you start like get the itch to do comedy and then how did you first scratch it, right? Oh, um I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. So I and I, it was just really into like Demetri Martin. And um I guess it's important. That's when I moved to Tallahassee was college, Florida okay. State. <laughs> That's a strong move. Yeah. Um, What'd you major in? Anthropology. It's a really strong and, move. And digital media. Okay, kind of so weird. Like two different degrees. I know. Okay. It's fucking odd. I don't make sense. Well, that kind of makes sense because 18, I did it for two years at a comedy club. I was super young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the, like those two years were great because... Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing stand-up at this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 18, 19, doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Fairly regular, like once a week, maybe twice a week. And then, um, and then you know, you get that stage time. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. But then I stopped. I didn't, I didn't like it anymore, actually. Mm. Like, I really just, like, had a distaste for it. A lot of that, I think, was other comedians. 
to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, and I mean, this is like never changed, but I still get very uncomfortable around like the cults of personalities they'll create mm-hmm. or their sort of group think. Um, but then every once in a while, like 10% of comedians, great conversation was fucking funny. Yeah. But there's that 90 that are just really in it to like, I want you to build my channel around my thing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here to get big, go hard, skull, fuck everything. Yeah. Never yeah. Get out of my way. You know, and to me, I'm just like, yeah, I, I like the art mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I stopped at 19 and then I actually was an archaeologist for a long time. <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah. There's what? A, uh, Were you like a dead serious? Like I'm in the bones with a little brush? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Would you? Would well, you... It, it's a, it's human human stuff. It's not. Yeah, um, so anthropology. Anthropology yeah, yeah, is a study exactly. of yeah. Uh, humans. Yeah, throughout yeah. history. So archaeology is is a subset of anthropology. So mm-hmm. it's a subdiscipline where you're studying past. You know. Did you ever go anywhere? Yeah, I went. To, I went tons of places. So I did. I did a field school in Israel for a month. Yeah, I lived on a kibbutz. It was cool. Yeah, um, and then um, I. Uh, when I came back to the States, I got a job with the National Park Service and was doing archaeology for them. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It was great. That had to be fun as fuck, bro. It was a lot of fun. The The, the thing was, though, and it's like they're, you know, 18, 19, I did stand-up. There's always that little itch yeah. in the back of my brain. But I, I, you know what? Like, if if you if you told me, like, if you started at 22, you know, you could have made it somewhere by now. I don't care. Those years were awesome. Yeah. That I did. Like, I was outside. I was digging around stuff. Yeah. Um, then I taught film in in Honduras for a year. This is yeah. I mean, this is all before I just started comedy. So whoa, all this experience, all this crazy. So you, shit. you know Spanish? Si puedo hablar español. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Aprendí en Honduras por un año. You could have just uh, said yeah. I believed you. You didn't have to hit down. Hey, this is so an what, audio mean, you know, so medium. Like when a, did you when yeah. did you learn Spanish? Or had you already known it? I know a little bit, but I mean, like, um, um, I'm very like when when people think I'm fluent, I'm like, dude, don't. Toss it around, because then you'll have, like, a Spanish-speaking friend that tests that shit. Yeah. And then I'm going to fail. But, um, yeah, I knew a little bit. And then I actually, when I was there, I made sure, I mean, I paid a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to just teach me. And Dude, what? So what was it? All right. So the thing about most Americans um, <laughs> is most Americans never leave America. So we have yeah. a, a very Amero-centric view of the world, right? No matter where you go in the it's world. It's geographically... Influence though I think because oh, I think yeah. we get shit for it, but I'm also like, dude, it's between Canada and Mexico, and some of us are a thousand miles exactly away from either. But uh, no matter where you go in the world, you can always find the American. <laughs> no matter where you go, because only the American will get on the plane. He'll fly 18 hours that way. He'll yeah. land in Shanghai, and he'll get off the plane, and he'll say, "You guys look different. You guys talk different. You guys drive on the wrong side of the road. You guys measure everything wrong." Right. And everyone's just like, oh, fuck, thank God you showed up. <laughs> just show us right, Bill. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's funny. But I think that there's two types of Americans. There's the asshole that does that. And there's the asshole that's just like, you're driving on that side of the road. Tell me about it. I need to know. I want to know. <laughs> that, I feel like that's me. But maybe there's been a couple of times where I've been in oh, yeah. or something. But there's so many times where I'm like, oh I'm, oh, I'm mean to Canadians abroad. That's the only thing. You're mean to Canadians abroad. I just give them shit. Why? I don't know why? Because this Canadian? happens so many times. Well, no, because um, like you know, I'll find out they're Canadian or something, then I'll be like, yeah, you know, but your beer sucks. They're Jesus! Like, <laughs> they're like every time they're like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there should be a rivalry, and they love every t- every time I do it. I feel like they they should... love it. <laughs> they You're trying to be love the it. guy to start the rivalry. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I feel like yeah, I feel like you know, there's a rivalry here. You know, we're kind of the same, but we're different. 
Uh, one time I just started like shitting on maple syrup. I was like, oh, I straight up won't eat. No, it's disrespectful. Maple syrup. You ever had real maple syrup? <laughs> of course, I love it. Yeah, don't do that. Because <laughs> once they cut the supply off, I'm not going back to Aunt Jemima. You can't. <laughs> once you've had real maple syrup, you can't go back to Mrs. Buttersworth. That bitch Dude, ain't gonna cut it. That's fuck with everything with life. Because I totally agree. Like, I go to the Publix thing and I stare at the $15 maple Bro. syrup. It's fucked up. And then, like, then there's a the $3 Aunt Jemima, and I'm like, fucking, I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to do it. Bro, you have to. It's, that with coffee, too. I can't just have fucking Folgers. Get out of my face with that shit. I had fine coffee in Honduras, and I can't go back. I can't go back. <laughs> Like Starbucks, I'm like, bull, fuck off. Oh, my God. What kind of shit are you giving me? You've been woke. You took the red pill. Now I, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, now I know. If someone's like, this came from a finca, I'm like, give me the, pour that cup right now. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone's like, it's from somewhere in Colombia, I'm like, get out of my face and stop wasting my time. Take the coffee. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Leave the coffee. I'm going to drink it because I'm addicted for sure. So but. what... All right, so what made you do stand-up the first time? Had you been hanging out with friends? Or like, man, you're funny. No, you should I totally go up there. wanted to do it. It was just the thing I wanted to do. At that young of an age, it's kind really? of funny. Yeah. yeah. What I made you like, want to do it? You like, you did, like, so what I will do is I'll see someone do stand-up, yeah. and I'll be like, that's easy. I can do that. No, no. I was very serious about the first time I did it. Seriously. Did you write? Yeah, I wrote a lot. I mean, I was obsessed. I was a kid. Like, um, I grew up on like Mitch Hedberg had the CDs. I had the CDs of, like Dimitri Martin. Um, I don't. I'm not even afraid to admit this. I love Dane Cook. Loved him. Dane Cook was a force. He was awesome. I mean, I, but that was the thing. It's like, and I don't know if like, I've just always been funny, man. But and not and not like I don't think I'm funny in conversation truly. But I just come up with some really funny, stupid ideas. And yeah. As a kid, I would do that a lot. Mm-hmm. We learned. Um, in my ninth grade year, this is in Oregon, we, uh, I had this, this group of friends, and we were troublemakers, but we made good grades. So there yeah. was, like, nothing. Your you, ground? Yeah, it was weird. It, but we, we did this thing for, for half of the year. Mm-hmm. We um, asked this drama teacher to teach us, like, stage combat. And he was, yeah, that was a phase like he gave fighting? us. Like stage fighting? Like stage fighting. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because, and he, and of course he kind of, tr- like, kind of brought this up. with like, what are you, why? Like, you're are not you, asking to be in you, drama club. Are you boys in trouble? Is there, is there someone after you? No, no, <laughs> but we were just like, no, we're really curious about it. We saw it, and so we just discussed. And yeah. Blah, blah. And great teacher was just like, you know what, every, every day after school, I'll, I'll give you 30 minutes, we'll show you. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he showed us some cool stuff. Showed us how to, like, like, um. Sorry, how to like slap somebody, make it look real, or mm-hmm. kick somebody, or knee somebody, mm-hmm. or I'm um, like shove somebody into a wall if yeah. they leave with their their elbows. Mm-hmm. Then the elbow will hit first, and it'll look like it was real. Yeah. And he was always puzzled by it, but then we learned a bunch of stuff from him. Mm-hmm. And then the last day of school, we staged a fake fight. Wait, without him knowing, like you, without him you, knowing, you he learned didn't know. this to stage a fake. We fight. learned all this because we <laughs> thought it was funny. You dicks. Yeah. <laughs> how, did we that, did. how did that? Well, first go? off, I mean, like it was funny because like we uh, we would do it in public. This is before we ta- we got taught from him, but we would slap each other, and then people would think it's real, and they would freak out. And the next day, we're still great friends, and they're oh. just confused. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we learned, like, the was nines. This, was this the plan the whole time, was to learn stage combat to yeah, make more convincing? Yeah, we wanted to do it more because people people really thought, like, um, we were these were these friends we had been with in scouts for each other. It's like five or six of us that, yeah. like, um, would do this sort of external portrayal of ourselves mm. to just normal people. <laughs> but with each other, we're just friends. We're just for ourselves. Yeah. But we used to do things like... Um, I mean, God, we would play these characters that people would buy. Like, I would pretend to draw these anime swords, and people thought it was that guy. And we got such a kick 
out of the fact that people would be tricked into our. I'm sorry, this is way heady, but we were this doing this hilarious. as kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the, like, so, like, it was funny. I moved after the fake fight, like, almost a couple weeks, and, and it sort of capped my experience there because that's the humor that we had was yeah. just like, we're going to, we're just, for our amusement only, we're, we're going to fuck, fuck with, with these people. people. Oh, my God. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we used to do. We used to all sorts of. We used to, we used to ask girls out by getting on a knee. We thought that was funny, like a full proposal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mary Jane, will you be? And we didn't even really know them, and so we would pretend to be like, like we're totally serious, and they're like, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> did that ever work for somebody? No, <laughs> no, it's so weird. We knew it. We knew it was fun to be these like pretending to be these like awkward kids, which we kind of were. Yeah, but you know, but to sort of put it in this performance. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people knew what we were doing and i think there probably was and it must have been entertaining <laughs> because that was probably the most fun i've ever had doing uh, it that sounds show. amazing yeah, yeah dude so so that's where comedy came from was so, i loved i loved people's reactions to something i was doing mm-hmm. um yeah when i when i really get deep down into it like stand up and improv they're fun mm-hmm. you know but it's it's like they're a part of the joke, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, I think that there's something sort of fun about doing a harmless thing and tricking people, you know? Yeah. That's sort of the jokester in my you know, devilish mind. So you start doing comedy at, like, 18, 19. Yeah. You leave, mm-hmm. start archaeology, <laughs> you do, you go to Israel for a minute, you mm-hmm. go to Honduras. Okay. When did you come back to America? Um, I was back just before, no, this must have been August of 2016. Mm-hmm. So not that long ago. Mm-hmm. It's sort of Very only four years only ago. Four years. It feels like a yeah. it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, that's for, that's for, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you got personal reasons why too, but I feel like everyone's like it's been a long four years. I was gonna say that was right before the election. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so, I came back into the states and I was like, this isn't the country I grew up in. So, I really believe that. Um, because of that election. So did you come back to Florida, or when did you get to? When yeah, did you get was, to Atlanta? I was unemployed. Yeah, I got back. I don't know what I was thinking. No, I had a great time, but it was like I say, had a bunch of savings. Went to Honduras, got paid nothing to go teach, and then came back like fuck. <laughs> so here's, but here's the thing, though. Like, those are the kind of moves you have to make when you're when you're young, you're single, you don't have kids, right? Yeah, that's the move you make, yeah. right? Of course. Because here's the thing: one day you're gonna be like my perspective on life is this. I believe that like you should you should go and experience things for yourself, right? Because one day you're going to have a child and they're going to come to you and they're going to be like, Daddy, uh, what was this like, right? And with a lot of people who haven't done or experienced things or done things outside their comfort zone, they give their kids these generic answers. Like, oh, you, know, you just don't do it, right? Sometimes the sunset. Well, you got to know in a hole and know in a fold, right? <laughs> right? Well, I guess like that. Yeah, people who use sayings for advice are not interesting. I get it. Right? Unless they like <laughs> were in... Vietnam, and then you're like, that, okay, that yeah. means that means something different. Well, you know, you, you know. got a real grenade in the bushel there. I'm not gonna ask, but I think I get it. <laughs> you ever shave with napalm? It's the best. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it's okay. kind of those things. But I think you should like go out and experience things, because then when you have kids, right, and they ask you things, I feel because my biggest thing, like, especially the older I get, the more like I think about like what I, what knowledge I'm gonna pass on to my children in this generation. It's like. I want to, like, I basically want to, like, look at my kids and be like, before you got here, I was fun. Now, let me tell you, right? Because da- <laughs> your dad always has, like, three go-to stories that he'll tell you for the rest of your life, right? And it never makes sense when you're young. But then, like, you're an adult and you're like, oh, that's what the fuck he meant. That man lived. He did some yeah, shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to live. You go do things. You figure. You And I, I imagine that time, 
you have time to really evaluate and figure out like who you were as a person and where you were going? Dude, it's it's bizarre. I mean, I look at myself like four years ago, coming back from Honduras, totally different person. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it, I think, is like, man, I don't know. I, yeah, the, the yes, yeah, that's the answer. Like you don't know, you don't know that's what you're doing, right? Well. What do you, what, what, oh, so, yeah, you're like, not, you don't go know in you're, in the you're, not, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to learn some lessons. They're going to change me forever. You're yeah. going like, fuck, I'm going to Honduras. I'm going to have some good-ass coffee. You it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah you're just yeah, thinking about yeah. the fun aspect of it. But, yeah, I, you're right. I didn't I didn't think um, – it was always valuable to me. Like, I wanted that. You know, I, I've seen pe- – I met people who are well-traveled and then or, – or have been somewhere outside of their comfort zone. They're cool people. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be cool and I want to earn that. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, there is a mind change to mm-hmm. it. You know, it's not just – um, it changes you when you're over there. So what brought you to Atlanta? Yeah, so then, um, then I went back to Tallahassee. I could get a job, but then I just got a job in Atlanta. I was really – by the time I went to Tallahassee, I was doing stand-up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wasn't this – sounds, this sounds so arrogant. But when, when I started doing stand-up again, like it wasn't long until I, I was really good in, in Tallahassee. Yeah. And people in Tallahassee were like, shoot, you shouldn't be here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, me and a few others at the time. I was lucky to have like – uh, three other friends up in Tallahassee where I think we were all just sort of hitting a cool cool stride and mm-hmm. um, and then you get you know then then of course Atlanta to me is a move for big leagues right it's big leagues stand up also really wanted to get into like television and film editing mm-hmm. very very different ball game and so I'm still working at like a you know editing corporate videos but yeah you know it's still it's still a goal among others but um, yeah Atlanta to me was a big leagues move it was a I have never experienced living in a city so yeah. it's one in it 27 years old, I was like, yeah, it's probably a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, like uh, if I'm serious about really wanting to to do these things and and, and uh, the way to do it's going to be in Atlanta. Couldn't do L.A. I'm not going to do L.A. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Bro, I – so when, when I graduated from um, undergrad, I was in that same boat, right? I was like – I had narrowed it down to either Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, New York, or L.A. Yeah. Right, and those are the big ones. They're the big ones, right? So yeah. the thing about like I, so, <laughs> Miami is uh, I I really wanted to go to Miami, but I knew I couldn't make it there. One, because uh, it's super expensive. Two, uh, you have a bunch of old people fucked up on like pain medications, driving their Mercedes, and I'm here in a fucking Civic, not a good look. Yeah. And then the Gators, so I'm like, ah, it's out. And then the what? Gators. Oh, I hate the Gators. Yeah, Gators everywhere. Oh, it's so good that you hate the Gators, man. Yeah, I don't I'm... fuck with the football team either, but. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> yeah, so, um, New York was just ooh because this is like the time when like yeah, like some more. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, help yourself. Mikasa bueno. Um, but like New York was a city because like I have family in New York, right? And I'm like, let me go there, but it was uber expensive, and I'm like, I don't want to fuck with that winter. And then LA was just LA is just I I got a friend lives out in LA now. And the way he explains it to me is like this. He's like, um, nobody like moves to L.A. because it's, they want to live there. They move there because it's basically an extended business trip. So you got to deal with like the traffic, that bitch is on fire, fucking mountain lions everywhere. It's it, it's kind of chaotic, right? Yeah. It's one of those things where if you're not set up to move there, I wouldn't recommend it. But then ah, fuck what I know. <laughs> but then like it was like this moment where it's like, oh, Atlanta. This is where you've always wanted to go, right? You're fucking, I, I think I was 27 too. It was like, you're 27, right? <laughs> no one can tell you what to do. You have a degree. Fucking pack your car up and just go. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I literally just, I, I, I kept pushing it off, right? I'm like, I'll right. go next month. I'll go next month. And then in, like in August, I was like, at the end of the month, I'm leaving. I don't care if I don't have any money. I don't care 
if I got a flat tire, I, we're just going to fucking go there. We're going to make it happen. Because like you said, that felt like a big, a big city move, right? Like mm. Wichita is the biggest city in Kansas, but that's like saying you're the best player in your middle school, right? Yeah, yeah. There's like this, yeah. there's a difference between you and like Ron Artest. <laughs> it's, it's also funny when someone's like, dude, one day I'm going to go to Omaha. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you know that exists. <laughs> one day I'm out of here, bro. I'm going to be in fucking Omaha. Dude, one day I'm going to leave this town behind and I'm going <laughs> to stroll into Omaha and be an accountant. And... Yeah, dude. And yeah. I, I kind of got into a point where like, I, I what kind of made me mad was I was, what kind of kept me there was my friends. I was like, don't you guys want to move too? And like, no, nah, we're cool. We're cool here. We're cool doing this. And that's when I realized like in life, um, you got to be okay with being by yourself and doing things. Yeah. Your decisions. There's like a danger to that though. As I'm, I'm so comfortable alone now. Like I just, I just am. That's, I mean, I don't know. That's, it's, it's a, it's a whole nother discussion, but yeah, there's time where I'm like, even with somebody and I'm like, Hey, you got to give me like a couple nights of the week. That was my biggest to like problem. Work my own things out, you know. So when I was in high school, any of my first year of college, I broke literally. I broke both of my femurs. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. It was tremendous. Just quickly, one sentence. What'd you do? Uh, first leg, car accident. Second leg, football. Different. Different. <laughs> you got some shitty legs, dude. <laughs> Honestly. So in those yeah. in those times, I was like, like uh, this was like between like sophomore and junior high school. So I missed out on all the socializing. So I I became a thinker not because I wanted to, but because you know uh, I had to, right? Like I I just could read yeah. books, I could watch movies. There wasn't really too much I could do, right? And by the time I got back senior year, everyone had like clicked up or gotten relationships. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here, man. <laughs> It's so kind of, like it's funny because it's like if you want a kid to not be a thinker and just peak in high school, don't let him read. Not until like like eighth grade. Just be like, you can read your first book at eighth grade. Oh yeah, facts. <laughs> They'll be prime. They'll be perfect. So I gotten I gotten really really used to like being an individual and doing things regardless of what other people thought. Because another thing I realized too was like I remember who called and who texted me. And who checked up on me while my leg was broken. I remember I had like, oh, these are all my friends. And then I got hurt. And then like one by one, I just stopped hearing from them. And I'm like, oh, so this is, this is kind of, it's kind of <sighs> pessimistic. But I'm like, okay, so that's kind of what life is. And um, when I finally got to the point where I worked up the courage to move, I'm like, that's just what's going to be forever. Like, you don't, obviously you don't want to be alone. Like no one wants to be. Right, but like, right. Once you get comfortable with being alone, being by yourself and like, just saying, fuck it. Making your own decisions and doing what you want. I think there's a freedom to that. Well, and I think it's, um, it also allows you to, I think you said it earlier, but it's like to kind of figure out who you are. Um, I, I, but I don't even know if that's like a solid term, man, because no. I don't think it's like, I don't think there's a finite person that you are. I think it's like you explore these ideas and concepts mm-hmm. and you just sort of get addicted to just wearing all of them. Yeah. Like understanding different perspectives and, and knowing different people. Um, and then not being in a routine. That's yeah. the biggest thing for me, I think. Like, is in terms of like romantic being alone, I'm easy to do it because, <laughs> yeah, I just need my, I just like meeting people. <laughs> and I, I don't like being in a routine. Are you going to, you know, I mean, it's so easy to do that. I've been in relationships where it's like, oh, I really want to watch TV with her tonight. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> There's so much out there. Like, and then you're just, just hanging out with one person. Anyway, God, I don't know why I went on to that. But I get what you're saying. No, to, to travel alone, to move alone, to mm-hmm. do these stuff, it's 
it's like it gives you so much confidence. Yeah. It's so freeing mm-hmm. because, yeah, I'm not chained down to somebody. Yeah. And also, like, I can leave mm-hmm. with confidence. Yeah. All right, I don't like the situation. I'm going to go do something else. Facts. And that's hard for someone to do if they don't understand that independence, that severe independence, I think. Well, I don't think it's, even think it's like a severe independence. I think it's like self, uh, being autonomous as a person, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Like there's 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 a certain point in your life where you reach like a point where you're either going to be an autonomous person who thinks for themselves or you're always going to be a part of a group. And whatever that group yeah. thinks is what you're going to that's like that goes it's back to the three terrible. cousins who yeah. get invited to the cookout. They've never they they've been hanging out with the same people since high school. They've been saying the same shit since high school and they've just never had a reason to evolve and become and get past And that. then and then you just the slightest challenge from you is seen as like the world an attack that's what it is to them it's literally an attack on everything that That they they, believe and they don't want to change oh that's deep yeah i feel like we just kind of worked that out (laughs) yeah no i do i do i do get that it's it's i guess that's what i mean is like sometimes you're like if i talk to you beyond this material thing we're talking to and this is like like you know in conversations i have with strangers Mm -hmm. if like if i if i go beyond the material here into this ether of let's talk about life, mm-hmm. it's going to get very boring for me very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, these are the same people that are like, I'm not moving. You know? yeah. What are you talking about? I go to this, I've been to this bar 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, man. I like, love, what I like to do is, especially since I got the bald head, I love, uh, I've always loved fucking with people, right? Especially <laughs> like if we're strangers and we're talking, like I, the surface, like the weather and the sports team, I, I want to get past that. I would, like halfway through the conversation, if I think, I just go like, look, <laughs> You ever been blowing a strip club before? <laughs> right? Taste that bleach in the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah. And what, just... what part of, what part of uh, you doing that? <laughs> you want to go do that in Buckhead? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's crazy. The answer is always going to be yes in Buckhead. Of course. It has to be yes. <laughs> it has to be yes. Oh, my Dude, God. So. I'm not. I guess I'm not that uh, that pulled. With strangers, but sometimes I'll say really yeah, weird shit. But here's the thing too: it also comes with being so. Like, like I said, so for a lot of my yeah. life, I was literally either one of or the only black guy. So you you can just sort of you just. Oh my god! Yes, the best is on airplanes. I love. <laughs> so there was this one time I was flying. Ugh. I'm flying back to Huntsville, right? After Christmas break, um, and the way they had us seated, it was a daughter and a mom, and I got in the middle, and I, somehow the husband had ended up two rows in front. Right, and it's all copacetic until I sit down, and then he does the, and he's trying to be sneaky. He goes, "You okay? Are you oh, okay?" Oh no! And I saw it, and Fuck. I look up, and, it, and then he tries to do the. Oh, I'm just looking at the fucking architecture in here, <sighs> <laughs> and the wife goes, "It's okay, it's okay." And he goes, "What about what about Sandy? Is she okay?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, this is a six in the morning flight." No, what, see, but what, like the balls on this guy should have like, because like first off. <laughs> First off, dude, <laughs> so obvious. You can't. There's no discreet in a fucking airplane. Right. Everyone sees everything. That's why you can't jack off on a. You know, that's dumb. You don't don't say you can't. There's somebody who probably. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get. I've, yeah. Okay. You, if you prove me wrong, keep it to yourself. I've, I've seen How enough porn that? to know that yeah. you can get away with a lot of shit on a plane. But why doesn't the guy? I mean, it's totally reasonable. Yeah. For him to just come up and be like, "Hi, my name is blah blah blah. You're sitting with my family. I, I would you mind switching seats? That would be nice." And then there's no way you're saying no, because what kind of dick? Yeah. You know? 
So when he did that, so yeah, he's, he's I, was, I, here's, I wasn't mad. I'm just like, this is fucking funny. That's so why I, I have to. I have to. I have to. So as soon as the, as soon as like the stewardess comes in, does a little seatbelt thing, I pull out a book, I start reading, and I start listening to the most ignorant trap music I can. As la- so they can come out of the side of the headphones and I look over the mom every now and then. She's like, "Oh my god, he's reading and he's a gangster." This is it. He's Malcolm <laughs> she X. Can't, she can't handle it. She can't handle it. This is Malcolm X. We need to land the plane. <laughs> describe Malcolm X in a way that like that's pretty good I don't know he's reading but listening to gangster music oh my god he's he's gonna be in the senate he's gonna have radical ideas this is where socialism <laughs> this is the Obama era too they're like oh my god this is it he might he might be a senator <laughs> that's the most racist shit I've ever heard that guy might be a oh senator like that they're just upset by the fucking oh possibility if he keeps studying he might go to congress no <laughs> But yeah, like I, I this <laughs> is like so my, absurd. Here's my thing, like you, Ugh. you gotta fuck with the. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like I have to fuck with this person because, like, I'm. Because the thing about it too is I'm a big ball black guy too. It's like one yeah. thing to be like, I don't know, like uh, I, I don't want to say approachable, but it's like there's there's Steve Urkel, right? And then there's like yeah, then there's like um the guy from the Green Mile, and I feel like I fit somewhere in between, <laughs> somewhere in between there. It's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, that guy's huge. Yeah, it's it's fucking, it's, oh my God. It's tremendous. One summer I went home and I spoke exclusively in a British accent in Kansas. You just, just to fuck with people? I just wanted to see if somebody would stop me. See, I do backstories. <laughs> so I get what you're doing because I guess I do it too. I do it to Uber drivers. I like to see where my life can go. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, when they start asking me to prove shit, like in real subtle ways, because I've been like a, I've been an indie folk singer. Oh my god! I've done that one. Mm-hmm. But you have to. I have to do what I look like sometimes. So yeah. you know, sometimes like I'm going to the training academy, you know, for policing. <laughs> you know, and they'll buy it, and every time they'll ask specifics, and that's where the improv comes in. It's a lot of fun because then you just start yeah. to you start to just find ways to sneak around the. So yeah, but did... when they're like, "Can you show, send me some of your stuff?" I'm like. Yeah, this man, is G17 yeah, no classified. <laughs> I really can't. I normally wouldn't take an Uber, but my personal driver. <laughs> Dude, one time, so my mom, um, she bought me this like uh, Air Force fatigue backpack, and you know I'm just like, oh my god, it's a really cool backpack. It's got a shitload of pockets, so I can carry everything. Going through the airport, at the time I had hair, so I had like this high um, fade. And people just walk up, thank you for your service. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I like, go to Applebee's. We, uh, we went ahead of Compton. And I'm like, no, I just, please. Because my biggest fear is like some guy who actually was in like a war just comes out of nowhere. Wait a minute. That guy's a phony, right? I get See, a- I had this idea for like one of our things to fuck with people <laughs> that was very similar. It's the reverse. We would go up to people and thank them for their service. We'd like buy them a beer or some shit. Be like, hey, thank you for your service. And just like somebody who doesn't fit the bill. Yeah. Just be like. Thank you for your service. The weirdest, like, I was in <laughs> Dallas, and I was taking a piss. Like, mid-piss, someone comes up behind me. Hey, uh, I just want to thank you for your service. What the? Please, I'm, why? I've been doing this bit in stand-up where I'm like, I know I look like a cop. There's, like, <laughs> nothing I can do. Like, I, I, you know, and it's the weirdest time for that. Yeah. It's like, hey, can I protest with you? They're like, God, you go back to the precinct, pal. Uh, I guess a cop. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm not, like, the sh- world's shittiest undercover cop. <laughs> But and then yeah, after that, Hello, and I'm, I also did this thing where I'm like, yeah, I've got the bone structure of a Republican. It is true too. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know, but it's all true. I'm like, oh, I know what I look like. Come on, you gotta be. <laughs> so, you didn't start doing improv until you got to the relapse. Yeah, or were you yeah. Doing it before. Yeah, no, that was the first time doing it. 
like ever. It was what? so much fucking fun. It was one of those things where like the only time in my life I'd started something mm-hmm. and was good. Like I feel I, I don't know maybe you're like in your head you're like this guy sucked. No, no, but no, no, no. <laughs> no. But like I like the very first day I went in. I mean, it was, you know, you've seen the awkward scenes you've had to sit through. And oh, I was yeah. sitting through those going, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. And then I get up there and it was the best scene of the night. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, yeah, how long have you been doing it? And I'm like, that was my first scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was awesome. That was like a cool thing to find at Relapse, which is so weird because, as you know, um, and you've done stand up there multiple times. Yes. Did you do stand up there before the improv? Oh, so I started doing stand-up there. That was actually the first, when I moved here, that was the yeah. first place I Googled. I'm like, I, got I went there, and I'm like, this place is fucking dope. I know, dude. It's, I know. That was, Ugh. the the relapse was one of the dopest places because it it, it had, had this community there, right? It was a dude, very, I mean, it was it was hard, in, in, and I'm going to see if you agree with me on this one, because the stand-up community, um, I mean, I just, I felt like it, it's, it's cold. It can be very cold. Once you're in it, it's very warm. Yeah. But I remember like trying to approach it and just being like, "This is just weird." Like I, I didn't wouldn't, wouldn't have a conversation that would approach this level ever at an open mic, and no. that bothered me. Um, but relapse was something different. I mean, yeah. when you when we have all the improv people and the stand up people, and then people who aren't in both but are just weirdly these fans yeah. of relapse and the people there, um, it became this wonderful beautiful place dude. and i felt like i needed that for sure especially dealing with stand-ups i dude, mean so so when i was in kansas the stand-up community in kansas is it's very much a community there's only yeah, so many yeah. people in wichita doing comedy so it's like well, oh, tallahassee too yeah They're so similar. it's like oh you yeah, do stand up here's our group here's our hangouts right da, 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 da. yes and you welcome to the club Come get a beer with us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so when i got here it's like oh it's got to be like that times 10 here and it's like you show up and it's like hi who the fuck is this guy do you know this guy? yeah exactly you cop well i mean that hit me too because i could come to you know atlanta for the first first time being in this city and people are a lot looser than i am just in the way that they walk and talk and oh yeah and i'm like okay i get it i seem uptight but um that was an issue but no you're, you're exactly right like when when you have a smaller scene like in tallahassee everyone knows everybody everyone's cheering for you yeah oh, i want that guy to do good oh you should move to here because you know you really you can do something mm-hmm. um but then uh yeah, the difference is you get to Atlanta and it's it's not that it's too big, mm-hmm. um, and uh, people people can find serious like success here, mm-hmm. and so the stakes are a little bit higher. Yeah, and being someone's friend isn't it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, you can really treat that open mic circuit as a hobby or not a hobby, um, as a as as a job. Yeah, and fuck your coworkers sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if they're gunning for the promotion. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, relapse that just wasn't there. It just that thing. It just felt like that got cast aside outside those doors. Yeah. It's we're all comedians of any level, and if you're not funny, we'll make you funny. Yeah. It's a whole thing with improv. It's like I don't care how long you've been doing this mm-hmm. or how bad you are. Some mm-hmm. people are bad at improv. <laughs> Most people are bad at improv. But, oh, oh <laughs> god, I felt so terrible. So when I you weren't no you so, you, you, so, so when I first yeah. started doing stand up then I talked to Bob and Bob's super chill dude dude Bob's super personable he's like hey man you should come and he did that to me too yeah he said like yeah. you should come do the the improv class of money it's free you should come in and I'm like okay improv seems kind of cool you know it, yeah it's, yeah it's, it's obviously just like acting you were you were good I think I was there for your first first go dude it was the weirdest shit ever so the first the first time I came in and we did the breathing exercises on the floor. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, is it, 
Is this secretly a, a Monday night orgy? Is that what we're getting moose <laughs> for? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. But it's so helpful. I do that for a lot of stuff now. It was it was weird because too, I was also coming into a new city and I kinda had my guard up and I wasn't really sure like uh, who can I open up to, yeah, yeah. right? And I had a hard time um, when we first started, like just letting go, right? So one of the things of, about improv that we talk about a lot is like, don't think of anything funny. Don't come into a scene yeah. with like, I got this funny ass thing. Like, no, you got to be in the scene with your partner, and it flows between you two. Right, and it's it's funny because I was I was concerned at how easily I was able to shed mm. the idea of trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, does nothing go into my brain? Yeah. Because there's yeah, I mean you're right. I mean there's nothing more empowering than that. Just knowing that like I don't even think of anything funny. This shit's gonna be funny. Yeah. Like we're gonna do something funny. Yeah. You didn't. You and I did a couple weekend shows. Mm-hmm. On the same team, I think like two different weekends. Yeah. Um, and then scenes together, just you and I. That's when 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 I finally got into shows. That's when it made sense, right? So like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like exactly. when you're practicing, yeah. like you're just like, ah, I gotta let go. I gotta let go. When I gotta let go. Right, and you're just you're doing it for the same people who come to class every week. So, like a part of me was like, I have to be accepted into this group. Let me hold on to this funny thing just in case, right? But when you go in front of, there's something so freeing about being in front of a room full of strangers. Yeah, that to me just takes it down. Like, ah, what the fuck do I care what they think? You know, <laughs> just let it, you just let it fly, right? And it's this weird moment. It happens in improv and stand up where you're kind of on autopilot, right? Yeah, and the person yes. that's speaking is like, I don't know who you are, but you can stick around and grab a beer whenever you want. Kind of <laughs> deal, man. And it, it, you, you, you flow. I mean, like, with improv, it's cooler than, like, so when, when you hit a hot set in stand-up, right, it's you and the audience. But in improv, when you hit a hot groove, it's you, the audience, and this person. And you and the, your scene partner are like, holy shit, let's just keep this going. And the audience is like, keep, we don't know what you got coming next. Keep doing the, the, it. The thing is, is, like, there's been... The hardest I've gotten an audience to laugh was an improv, and it's a rolling laugh. Like every word you say becomes a punchline, and they're just you just crush it. You're totally right. I've I've always said this about improv or stand up that the highers are so much high in improv, yeah. but the lowers are so much lower. Mm-hmm. Because on that flip side, it's like um, you didn't just not make the audience laugh. You, you almost feel responsible for another person not getting not getting to feel yeah. those laughs. And when you mess up or something, and I don't know if there's truly messing up an improv. There's certainly times where people are like, but if you ever pull that off, you feel like the worst person because you've just, you know, you've ruined the show the team for, your, for your team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with stand up, it's like, oh, I did a really good joke. That, yay, me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the worst, you're like, fuck them. I don't care. It's me. I'm the best. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can get addicted to the high of improv, but then the low of it is also like, nothing is going to come from this. <laughs> what am I doing? I need to go back home. I know. I'll write my mother in Tallahassee. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I oh doing? My God. That, comes like a bom- that comes a bombing period. Like, I've never, um, ever since I've been doing stand-up, I've never had, like, two good sets in a row. Really? Right? Like, I'll, always, like, huh. I'll crush in one room, and then I'll go somewhere else. And, like, I think what it is, too... Because when I crush, you're on this like wave of, you know, suck my dick. I'm the best in the world. Yeah. And then I think it's for me. I need that humbled. Like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe chill out, right? Well, that, yeah. I feel like there's always a correction because, and I think a part of that is like, um, at least what I've learned with stand up, it sucks because I felt like I was such on a roll and then COVID hit. But um, where you get into this moment where you can be in your where you're not in your head mm-hmm. and you're just sort of 
writing a, writing a premise or a joke and then you're reciting it, but it's coming from this loose place the very first time you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the subsequent times you're trying to relive that like ad lib or relive that way yeah. you moved your hip or something. Yeah. And you're never going to get there. You know, I yeah. think, but then there's some jokes where you're like, oh, the written word I've got down, how I navigate it is mm-hmm. should change. Yeah. Um, so, but you're right. I think that, you know, if you kill it one day and then you try to replicate that set and be like, I'm going to do the same order, I'm going to do the same thing, mm-hmm. you'll realize that, well, the venue changed and things changed and be, now you look rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just flow with the space. Dude, that's... That's such a heady answer. <laughs> no, but it makes sense though. Yeah. That's what, like that's one thing I regretted before um, COVID started. So once I got into film school, that uh, it pretty much took over my life. It was like because I, I, I think after that, you, yeah, I didn't see around no. as much. So like I was, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'll because st- I came here and I didn't know if I was gonna get into film school. So I'm yeah. like, I'll build my schedule and then film school should work with that perfectly. And it was Oof. no, not even a little bit. So like, and you're at SCAD, yeah? Yeah, I was at SCAD. I'm at SCAD now. And I was like, okay, um, I get out of class at 7.30. List drops at 7.30. If I get over <laughs> if yeah. I get over there in time, I can yeah. get home at a decent hour kind of deal. And it, it, it became one of these things where I wasn't going as much. And then when I finally did have time, that's when I'm like, oh, it, it's, it's coming to an end. And I'm like, fuck. You got to, I mean, you got to keep doing it, man. I, dude. I remember you because you, you at one point started showing up late um, for the relapse, Mike. Because I think because of that, school, like film school kind of, and we, and Connor, I love those people mm-hmm. that would do that. What? Because like that would be there, like, like you would, you, you multiple times, I think we're like one of the last, like last five people. Yeah. There's no one in that room. That's no the, one. That's the best. But that's, that's what we loved. It's like these, like, like the, the thing that was frustrating about me for, for me rather is like the people I think that should, should have gotten booked more in town were those people, the last like 15 people at the relapse mic at 11 PM. And because they're fucking funny, mm-hmm. they're hilarious, mm-hmm. and they're still willing. Like most people would cross their names out at like ten p.m. Yeah, and uh, I did that. Yeah, did you? I did that probably, but my, not. so my first time, like I hadn't. I I don't know if I didn't have any confidence. I'm like, I'm not ready for Atlanta. Click, and I went. <laughs> <laughs> I went home like a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well that's a bitch move. That was, de- <laughs> was definitely a bitch move. But but I mean no, I mean the thing is, is like, but I remember you doing it later, mm-hmm. and me just being like, damn, it's fucking cool. Dude, because the one thing I loved about the relapse as a room period was it felt like a space where you could literally not do no wrong, but you had this freedom to try and be funny, right? And you basically, and I loved like the basement setting of it, right? (laughs) Like it kind of felt like this bare bones kind of stripped back thing. And it was like, everyone's here to practice and everyone understands that, right? So going up there last didn't really mean anything. It's like, we all know what we're doing here. We're practicing our craft and like, that's the point. I wish, I mean, I just wish that people would get that when they, when they, when they do their shows, try to capture that energy because it, it, there's nothing like every time I'd go to the skull, which is a great, awesome venue. But mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, you know, I always felt like it just wasn't, I was rehearsing something, mm-hmm. which is the point of the fucking of course art, it is. Right, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, relapse was definitely like you're performing it. Yeah. Um, in, in, those audiences tend to be so fucking diverse. That's I what mean, I loved about it. Yeah, it's like because I, I bartended there, and mm-hmm. truth be, there would be like a nerd show, mm-hmm. like uh, we're talking about anime and nerd shit from like eight to ten. Yeah, and then ten thirty to twelve is like Kedar Whittles, like all black show. Yeah, 
the bl- total black. The audience would fucking change. Yeah. The liquor orders would change. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I love that because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, all, everyone likes the same alcohol. Yeah. You know, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, no, it's different. Oh, no, yeah. it's definitely oh, different. Yes, the Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why I know about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you ask me, I'm like, no, I that was the, the most common drink during like keto Oh, were you shows. putting me on? Were you just letting me stroke my own ego? <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't think yeah. I thought it was super cool about like you. Like you, I remember when I oh, like, come thanks. in, I'm like, oh, that's the bartender, and then like he's like, hold my hold my beer, I got it. <laughs> and you would go in there and like you do your thing, and I'm like, holy fucking shit! <laughs> I'm like, wait a holy shit, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> you know what's funny is that would happen because you know first off, you're I'm a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. So there would be showrunners who inevitably someone wouldn't show up. Yeah, and so they'd always be like, can you do this? I did like full improv shows. Where, like, somebody else made a slideshow, mm-hmm. and I had to, like, riff off the slideshow. I had oh, no shit. idea what they fuck they did. <laughs> I would just do that. It was fun. Um, but, yeah, the, the best the best times were, like, it would be like that, or, like, I think Hank Denson had a show there at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, I, I got onto those shows, was bartending, had my, like, little, like, please wait. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back, people would tip, like, mad. Like, oh, they loved, the, they were like, this guy hustles. Yeah. This guy fucking, you know. And it was cool. Sometimes it'd be like forty bucks. Someone would drop it in the jar. Oh fuck! Yeah, yes. It's Holy awesome. shit! Yeah, when you did. Well, I mean, it was it was a that was a cool time. That was definitely a cool time, dude. I that's one of the things that like the, I think COVID this this whole quarantine period, um, it's a it obviously sucks, right? Like nobody nobody right. wants yeah. any of this shit to happen. Like there are obviously families who like a lot of people are struggling. There are a lot of people who are dying. But I think um, this is also a tremendous time of like evaluation and appreciation for like what you had before and what you're working towards, because there's been kind of like this full stop on like, well, you know, in like production mm-hmm. and like stand up and in an improv. And in this time, all I keep thinking to myself is like, damn, I wish I could go there and I get mad at myself because I didn't, even though I could have <laughs> had time or I could have made it happen. And to me, that's kind of motivating because, like, it's like when this is done, you gotta bring, you gotta remember this. Yeah. You gotta remember when this. It's kind of like when I broke my leg. I remember when I like I made up in my mind that when I get up, I'm gonna move with a sense of purpose and I'm gonna do all this shit that like, you know, I couldn't before because like when I broke my leg in college, um, I was two weeks into fucking undergrad, right? <sighs> so I got to come back and I go on Facebook and I'd see all my friends like, oh, we're over here doing this and we're over here doing that. And I'm like, dude, when I can get up. You fucking you can't stop me, like you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and I, I feel like that that same energy now. Oh, went, where it's like every 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 waking second, I'm thinking about. There are days where I'm um where I'm just tired, and I and I and I'm like on the couch. But then there's like this countdown: five, four, three, two, one. Just go and do something. Yeah. Do something. Have you ever heard of like a zero day? No. So the concept of a zero day is like, um, you know, a day where you're what you're if you're doing something that's not related to a goal. Of okay. Course. So, if if you have a day that's just like not based in like film or comedy or something like that, mm-hmm. it's a zero day. Okay. And you want to have as few of those as possible, and eventually eliminate them. <laughs> so maybe you know it's the the my exception though was like if I only had a day of like outdoor stuff, mm-hmm. that kind of counts. I need that time. That's important. Yeah. Um, or you're vacationing or something. But mm-hmm. for the most part, if I'm you know if I'm working, every day has got to be something. It's got to be all right. Write another page of that script or. You know, write a joke or, or you know, you know our our podcast basement has been the big thing. Every day there's something that's got to be done there. Ooh, what's your podcast basement? Tell us about that. <laughs> and then I, I might have to bounce fairly soon here. Um, yeah. Um, 
But uh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, the the it, it's it's this idea on Twitch. We have one channel called Live from a Basement. Okay. And we're gonna host a bunch of shows there, like multiple shows. But it's also camera based, so um, it's highly produced. So you, you you can you can have a high level of production. You can switch cameras, switch mm-hmm. scenes, switch whatever you want Ooh. while you're doing like live audio feeds, mm-hmm. it, or it could just be as simple as like a, a just a, a recorded podcast. That you're okay. Doing. Um, and so we have a, a few shows lined up that we're trying to we're get, get on to Twitch. Mm-hmm. The fun thing is, is that once they're done the streaming, we actually have their recorded video audio Ooh. that they just get for free. It's yours. Okay. So they come in, they do that. The idea is that like um, if someone likes my show, they'll like another person's show mm-hmm. just by exposure yeah. or understanding it. So kind of a rising tide raises all ships. Ooh. So that's been a big one. Um, and then the, the, the two podcasts that we're starting – one, um, we just we just sort of riff on like you know late events and stuff like that. <laughs> it's not a big deal. The other one uh, is called Getting Pretentious with Connor. I think you know Connor. Yeah. And we talk about um, just a really not obscure but like just classical artists. Okay. So we did Vincent Van Gogh. Okay. We uh, then we did Langston Hughes. Okay. And uh, I think we're trying to do Scott Joplin at some point. Okay. And then, um, Kurt Vonnegut. Ooh. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a real silky smooth version. Wait, so of you guys did like the whole NPR thing? Like, oh yes, his art it was. Well, we're trying to be funny about oh, it. Oh, you guys like yeah. fucking, are you guys like bros about it? Like, first off, Vincent Van Gogh fucking cut his ear off. That shit. Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> we, we kind of <laughs> way more that than NPR. But um, yeah, the the whole thing is like, yeah, we we kind of look like uh, he he sounds like he's you know some redneck hick, <laughs> and I look like a cop. So let's. <laughs> Let's you know. Let's dispel those stereotypes and be like, hey, actually, we read. You Dude, know, we we look at that's stuff. Really, so it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You still going out and doing? You still going out in the city and doing stand up? Um, I'm booked on a couple things in October. Ooh. Oh, and filibusters is coming back. <gasps> really? Yeah, Halloween weekend, Where's Friday and Saturday. Where's yeah. it gonna be at? Uh, Ponce. No, 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 about the Highland Ballroom. Okay. Yeah, where where Pettis does his shows. We're doing the outside courtyard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're super stoked. This will be like the first time we get to run like a live show. In a while. Oh, cool, cool, dude. That I'm excited. Let me know when that happens. I'll come through. Yeah, thirty. Um, yeah, the thirtieth and thirty first. I'll send you a message. Okay, most definitely. It's fucking. It's gonna be so great. I'm um, so excited. How yeah. do How do people get in contact with you? Are you on the Insta, the Insta, Twitter, Gram? Oh yeah, that's right. I really should have thought about that. Right. Could you add <laughs> Jace Michael? Are you? Will you link a lot of this stuff? Oh yeah, too? I'll link a lot of this oh, stuff. Yeah. But it's also nice people to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get out of saying it. <laughs> It totally sounded like, dude, I don't want to go over all this. Can I just send you shit? No, no. Um, so <laughs> Instagram is at Jace Michael Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go on Twitch, look for live from a basement. Mm-hmm. It's all one word. And then uh, we have a YouTube up for getting pretentious. So you can probably just search in getting pretentious. Okay. And then Jace or Connor, will, our dumbass heads will show up <laughs> floating dude, in the ether. This was fun. This was fun. I want to do this again. Oh, dude, I have that's an open, so weird. I have an open door policy, dude. Whenever you really? want to come on here and talk about anything, dude, hit me up. Let's, let me yeah, know. let's keep doing it. And then you'll have to come over and, and use my studio at some point. Dude, absolutely. Let me know. We could do we could do a video version of your show. Dude, let me know. And then I, then we can promote this with that if you want to do. Dude, let me know. We'll work something point. out. No, but this studio is awesome. Fucking love it. It's not. It's just a room in a house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good room. Oh, fuck off! You did some shit to this room. People can't see it, but it's beautiful in here. You let me choose a light. The color of a fucking light. He goes, he goes. What's your what color? And I chose blue. I regret it. It was my fuck up. It was beautiful in here. I got magenta in the left corner. Oh yeah, I got a little blue coming out the corner. Blue on the right corner. Dude, yeah, yeah, dude. Appreciate you coming through, man. Anytime, oh, yeah. Yeah. anytime, dude. We gotta do, we gotta do. And I, I got a, an improv podcast I want you on too. Ooh, dude. Yeah. Let me know. I'm free, I will, dude. For sure, dude. <laughs> Ooh.
Things are happening. Things are happening. Thank you guys for making it to the end of this podcast, man. I really appreciate you guys for showing up and supporting us. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Art of the Convo. You can follow me on Instagram at Joel the Wise. You know, as always, man, go spread peace and positivity throughout the world. You know, shit's crazy out there, but you've got to, you know, we still got to love and we're going to make it through these tough times because, you know, we're bad motherfuckers. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're a bad motherfucker, which is why you should give it to other people so they too can be bad motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, call your mom. Call your mom. Tell your lover. You know, I got nothing else for y'all, man. Peace. for a word from our sponsors let me ask you something are you someone who's looking into making a podcast but you have no idea where to start start with anchor let me explain anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast first off it's free they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer anchor will even distribute your podcast so it can be heard on spotify apple and many many other platforms you can also make money with your podcast without having any minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.